previously in the Bible. When Avram was 99 years old, Jehovah appeared to him. I am El Shaddai, God said. You and the generations that follow you shall make me your God. In return, I will give you the land in which you are now a stranger. The entire count of souls of House Yaakov going to Mitzrayim was 70. A new king rose over Mitzrayim. The Mitzrayim enslaved the Hebrews. One of Jehovah's messengers appeared to Moshe as a mass of flame inside a bush. Elohim called to Moshe from inside the bush. I am the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Go to Paro and take my nations from Mitzrayim. Moshe and Aaron went to Paro. Please let us go. Don't give the people straw to make their bricks like you did yesterday in the day before Pyro commanded his slave drivers, the sons of Israel saw how screwed they were. For thousands of years, we've been under the impression the Bible was meant to be taken seriously. Finally, a new translation that'll change all that. This is Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible! Here we go, it's finally happening. It's been a whole freaking month. You've been listening to it on the internet, but this is episode 24 of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible with me, David Tuckman, coming to you from Beauty Bar in front of a live audience. Yeah. Each month on the show, a guest joins me and tries to read as many chapters as possible or an entire portion of my own personal translation of the Old Testament from the original Hebrew while I make fun of it. And tonight, we're reading the second portion of Exodus, known in Hebrew as Vaera, and in English... Well, you'll see when we start it. Today is Monday, September 22nd, 2014. I am missing the Jets in Monday Night Football for this. Um, but, you know, hopefully God will see my Torah study and will guide the ball from Geno Smith's hands into the hands of, let's say, Eric Decker if he's playing tonight and the Jets will prevail in New Jersey. Also, Alshon Jeffrey won't get anything because he's in a fantasy team opposite me. Anyway, um, if you're listening to this on the internet, it is a week and a half after we recorded it. We're taking a bit of a break for the holidays, so there's no new episode on Rosh Hashanah, which already happened. If you're listening to this, there's no new episode on the first days of Sukkot. We're just taking some time off, you know, uh, thinking about who we are, living in tents. Also, it's just weird to, I feel, put this on the internet on a Jewish holiday. If it's a holiday, no new episode. If it's not, new episode. The next live episode, just a little bit more housekeeping, is right here in Beauty Bar. Philadelphia is not happening for a little while. It's going to be October 27th at 8 p.m. with Rishi Groner. After that, the following episode, again at Beauty Bar on November 24th with Michael Schreiber. And I have so many of these planned, I could just rattle them off. After that, uh, there's not going to be an episode here. We're probably going to do something live. We'll figure that out. Maybe screen the Prince of Egypt to make fun of it. But the next live, oh my God, what the fuck Bible is going to be at the Limud Conference uh, in Warwick, England. I'm going to do two episodes there that are going to be combined into one big episode I have no idea who the guest is going to be, but I'm going to be back in New York in January. Anyway, I want to thank Juicy for hosting us on the internet, present tense, for helping me do stuff. Let's get our guests on the stage. Are you guys ready for your guest? <laughs> this guy is just going to blow your mind. This is a new kind of, oh my God, what the fuck Bible, multimedia. So many things are going to happen. Please welcome to the stage. You need no introduction. Why love? <laughs> yeah! We're gonna talk for a bit before we get into this. That was amazing. I don't Thank you. know if there are any Jewish rappers out there as talented as you are. You're right. There aren't. <laughs> Top of the Jewish rap game. But let's talk about. I, I, I there are a few questions that I like to talk about with all my guests. So, um, 
Where did you come from? Did you grow up Jewish? Where are you from? So I was uh, born and raised in Baltimore. I'm actually wearing a shirt representing National Bohemian Beer, the beer of Baltimore. Um, and I'm actually right now missing an Orioles game versus oh, the Yankees God. for this. I'm talking about the Jets. Uh, uh, so um, while I wasn't per se raised Jewish, my first encounter with anything Jewish would be as a child when I was about seven years old and I saw a commercial that said Happy Passover on TV, and I went drawing, every, uh, went drawing six pointed stars on everything in my mother's house. <laughs> so for me, while I wasn't per se raised Jewish from an outside force, it's not like I had Jewish parents or anything, but yeah. it was something that I was always interested in and kind of raised myself in. Um, you know, starting to wear a yarmulke in high school and learning Hebrew and things like that. And then I would eventually move to New York at 21 to convert. But uh, even the day I started conversion, uh, the rabbi asked me if I knew how to read Hebrew. And I said, well enough to read from a sitter, but hold up, we got to go daven mincha. <laughs> like, I already was so familiar Done. with Judaism by the time that I started, you know, the conversion like process. It just was, to check to sign off at that yeah, point Yeah, at that point it was a formality, yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, what, tell us a little bit about yourself. So you're, you, you're known as Y-Love. Um, but not on Facebook right now, unfortunately. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've actually been uh, exiled from Facebook for the past five weeks. Um, Facebook now is uh, enforcing uh, their real name policy. Basically, if anyone for any reason clicks report this profile to, and, send, and reports the profile to Facebook, Facebook then starts a process by which they try to verify if that user's identity is authentic. What I had to do was I had to send in a scanned copy of my passport, um, and because my name hasn't been legally changed to Yitz, um, I had, they changed it back to my birth name, and I, after sending two pieces of supplementary ID which showed my name change, they still uh, didn't buy it, and um, I took down my profile picture and everything as a result. Um, what they're doing now is uh, you have transgender people who are being outed in their birth yep. names, like you have people um, on the Facebook support uh, dashboard who are saying things like, I'm in witness protection, can you please take down my birth <laughs> name? I'm, being, I'm running away from my abusive ex-husband, can you please take down my real name and birthday? Um, I'm being bullied at school, things like that. And already the media is running with the stories of a few dozen drag queens from San Francisco who ha have been outed under their birth names uh, Facebook is now, it seems like they're only reacting to what their policy is of community policing. Basically, if someone clicks, they have to investigate. But people are now starting to target other people that they don't like and don't want to see on Facebook. So, people so if anyone clicks your profile, you'll have to go through it too. Right, so people are abusing this to get back at people. They're to get back at people. That's Some people, think, um, there's a group called the Real Name Police on uh, Twitter who, uh, are, um, who they are now going out after more and more drag queens. But, uh, yeah, anyone for any reason, if, uh, if they don't think that uh, you should be there, they can click report and then you'll have to send an ID to Facebook. I think that's kind of uh, telling that they act, Facebook is now requiring more and better authenticated ID than PayPal or most online banking yeah. services. I want to know why they want to be able to offer, like the Wall Street Journal said, such valid data to their advertisers. Very creepy. Uh, you know, why, why do these marketing companies need a database of potentially hundreds of millions of IDs or at least access to the information on them because Facebook says that they delete the actual picture files once you send it to them, but the information on them is recorded with them. So 
they want access to all of this information combined with your click-throughs, what advertising you're seeing and things like that to be actually able to connect a purchase to your real name before you send your credit card information in, that's kind of crazy and I don't think that Facebook needs to be going down this road. Amazon doesn't do this. No, no one does this. No, but you, you know, you, you get a passport renewed online, it's easier than exactly. this. It's madness. But let's talk about God a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Just to segue into everything. Who is slightly more powerful than Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, exactly. <laughs> God does not require ID or your birth certificate. He exactly. Just, it's just a circumcision. But what, I mean, do you... Only slightly more painful than what Facebook requires. <laughs> can imagine, and what Facebook is asking you for takes even longer. Um, do you believe, do you have a faith in God? Of course. Where would you consider yourself, like, on the Jewish spectrum right now? So I call myself in all... Uh, you know, in all respects, I call myself OTD, yeah. off the derrick, ex-Orthodox, ex-Hasidic. Um, well, I mean, maybe my beliefs are, uh, you know, might be in line with Orthodoxy, but I don't consider myself as part of the ultra-Orthodox community, and I haven't for about five years now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the shul that I don't dive in is Orthodox. <laughs> the, you know, the synagogue that I'm not going to is Orthodox. Right. So, um... Uh, it's not like I don't have that belief system and basis for my Judaism. Um, you know, I still believe that, you know, five books of Moses, um, Mount Sinai, Sinai Peninsula, 3,400 years ago, there was volcanic activity on top of the mountain, smoke, all of that. God met human, met God, all of that. But um, at the same time, I'm not, uh, I can't say that I really buy into a lot of, um, you know, the accoutrements of what comes along with being ultra-Orthodox today. Right, I think there's kind of a structure built on top of what it originally was that's oh, pretty yeah. bonkers and bizarre. But, yeah. In one way of saying it. So you believe in God, I mean, could you, and this is kind of a crazy question, but how would you, if you had to, you describe the God that you believe in or what you believe in? Hmm. If you even want to. You can pass. No, I was going to say... <laughs> all-powerful, all-knowing, but most of all, all-understanding, and people talk about their therapists understand them, like, let's take that <laughs> to the nth degree. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, for somebody, in, in order for someone to be judgmental, they have to not understand where you were coming from at the time. The idea of a God of judgment exclusively, which some people do believe in, that, uh, that after they die, they're going to an eternal replay of court TV in the sky, um, <laughs> that 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 God view is just, it just it doesn't fit and it's incongruous with everything that classical scripture says. So, um, the, I, I most uh, attribute, you know, omniscience to God beyond uh, all other things. Omniscience and omnipresence being in every single time at every single place all at the same time and knowing and understanding everything that's there. Um, you know, everything else after that is commentary, like it says. Yeah, like all of Judaism. So, have you read all? Of, <laughs> have you read all of Scripture? Or I was supposed to have in yeshiva. I'm sure yeah. I did. It's all, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure I got through at least a little bit at all of the twenty-four. The whole books. Tanakh. Yeah. Well, what's of what you've read or what you can remember? What's like the one story that really speaks to you or stays out? I mean, as you're talking about what I can remember, let me just grab my drink real quick. Sure, of course. <laughs> So what's one story that what? That, that stays with you or, or just speaks to you in some way. In the book of Jonah, fourth chapter, um, 
Jonah says to God. Um, this is basically after Jonah was forced to go to the city of Nineveh. He didn't want to go. He tried to jump out, off of a boat on the way. He got eaten by a whale and got spit out onto the shoreline. He did not want to be there. Um, after reluctantly completing his, uh, his prophecy, uh, he says to God, and now he didn't want to live anymore, and uh, he says, and now God take my life from me, for better is my death than my life. And God says, does it distress you so greatly? In other words, if you have a direct line to God, I want to die is not the thing you want to say. <laughs> it's the ultimate, like, emo line. Like, oh. And now I just wish I was dead because I can't go on anymore. And God's like, oh, really? Seriously? Because we can do this. If you, wanna, if, 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 if you, if you don't want to live anymore, we can arrange that. And um, Jonah has nothing to say after that. And then afterwards, uh, God gives him an example of a uh, carob tree, which sprouts out of nowhere. And then he's so distressed over the death of the carob tree because he has to uh, endure the beating de desert sun on his back. And he's distressed about that. And God says to him, you were distressed about a carob tree that only grew and died within 24 hours. Here are a group of people with lifespans in Nineveh. And you didn't want that I should go and give my word to them? Like, you know, you're stressed about this one tree. You think I'm not stressed about a population of 100 and some thousand city? Like, let's put it into perspective. Stop. It's not all about you. This is not, you, everything's not all about what you want at this, necessarily at this point in time. That's just uh, something that sticks with me in scripture. It's like, you know, if you're getting too emo, if you're thinking it's all about you, <laughs> and like, you know, oh, that's it. My world is over. I can't go on. <laughs> um, you know, there's bigger things out there. Can I move a bigger past picture. That? I don't know. I think we should read this. Okay. Okay. Um, per, contrary to what you might have heard in the previous one, I'm not going to be enunciating the pronunciations of our divine names. I'm going to be using words like Hashem and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. so if that annoys anyone, I'm so sorry. But y'all look have to, I love. There are other things to get emo about. So are you guys ready to read the Bible? Come on, you can do better than that. Are you guys ready to read the Bible? This is the second portion of book two, which I call Names. This is called I Was Revealed, chapter 13, in which Moshe calls God on all his crap, otherwise known as Exodus 5.22 to Exodus 6.9. So, Moshe went back to Hashem. No matter what the guy did, Moshe always went back. Why did you make things worse for these people? Why did you send me? From the moment I spoke to Pharaoh like you told me, he was bad to them. Save them? You didn't save this nation. You'll see what I'll do to Pharaoh, Hashem said. I'll send the people out with a mighty hand. And with a mighty hand, I'll chase you out of this land. God, the more he repeats it, the less I believe him. I am Hashem, Elohim said to Moshe. I was revealed to Abraham, Yitzchak, yeah. and Yaakov in the, guise of, in the guise of El Shaddai. My name is Hashem, but... I was not known to them. So a lot of people, uh, uh, everyone I could find, combine these phrases. So it says, my name, Yehovah, was not known to them. But that doesn't make any sense, because all the times Avraham and Yitzchak built altars and shouted out the name Yehovah would disagree with that. So I broke it in half so that it at least is logically consistent. This is me being a little bit kind to the book. Um, he tells Moshe his name and says that he was not known to those dudes, because nobody can really know God, man. And you actually said that as it was written. Yeah. <laughs> um, I made my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. 
in the land of their living back when they lived in it. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I've also heard the suffering of the sons of Yisrael, enslaved by Mitzrayim, and I've remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the sons of Yisrael, I am Hashem, and I'm going to take you from under Mitzrayim's burden and save you from your work. I'll redeem you with an outstretched arm and resounding judgment. Resounding judgments, like Supreme Court decisions? I don't get that. And I will take you as my nation and be your Elohim. So the same, the word that's used when he says, I will take you, is the same word used for when a man takes a woman as his wife. And also sometimes rapes. So that's a weird word to be using it. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's keep going. I gotta be able to say something about that. Yeah, yeah. And you'll know, you know, you'll know I'm your Elohim Hashem, who took you out from under Mitzrayim's burden. That's kind of tautological, but all right. I'll take you to the land where I have raised my hand to give it to Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. I'll give her to you as your inheritance. I am Hashem. Yep, okay. Moshe said all of this to the sons of Yisrael, but they were burdened with hard work and their spirit was broken, so they didn't listen. You are, when you, were, when you just jumped in on that whole word, like the same, the same word, I will take Vaikach, you. Vaikach, yeah. Yeah, kicha, like kach, that, that, uh, that verb. It's a crazy root, word. Kufchet, um, Gematria 108, the number of times I was about to stare at you while you were saying it. Um, <laughs> like, when it's brought up in the, con in the context of taking a, a man taking a woman as a wife, or if you want to go there with rape, um, or if you want to go there with um, hooking up with the betrothed, um, with the virgin, uh, and, and taking down her um, value as a wife, um, kicha is always, that idea of taking is always connected to a giving, usually money. Mm -hmm. With taking the wife, yeah. there's the ketubah money that's in escrow. If they're, if you know, taking the the rape victim, the virgin, you have to give X number of uh, pieces of silver. Uh, so, if God's gonna take us as a nation, He had to be given. giving something to us, right there. Now, this could be an allusion to the Torah. This could be an allusion to the land. The land. This could be an allusion to any other thing. But if there's any kind of taking, there's gotta be a giving to go with. Always it. give and saying. take. I like that. That's chapter thirteen. That's all we've got time for this week. If you like the show, please find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and the web. Or drop me a line at omgwtfbible at gmail.com. And please share the show with all your friends and rate and review it on iTunes. It really helps. But most of all, be sure to listen to the next episode, because next time, in the Bible. My name is Moses, and this is my brother and partner, Aaron. <laughs>